So we're going to start there. We'll fire it on. You're right. We should go yeah, for forty-five minutes. And then... Oh, okay, that's a non-selic hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Right, three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to our Celtic Betting Paul podcast. I am delighted to be joined. I didn't get any. I didn't get. We didn't get any transfers. I tried. I transfer. I tried to get some in. We didn't. Didn't want to come eventually. I'll get Mikey Dahl. How you doing? Very well. How are you? Dan Devano. Dan Devano. Dan Devani. How you getting on? Thanks for getting my name right. I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> Eventually. Hendo, how you getting on? I'm absolutely wonderful. Hope you're all doing magnificently as well. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, it's pretty good. I have got, uh, yeah, glad January's finished and enjoying February at the moment. So, this, we're going to look at this. We're going to look at Celtic then. We're going to look at the transfer transfer emotions, the transfer window, what you felt, what you thought we'd get out of it. Because we did look at the squad before. And then just look at the Hibs and Aberdeen game and just see see, see where you're at in, in terms of what we think Celtic can achieve this year uh, with the players now we've got and also the injuries now we've got as well. So... Um, I think there's lots to talk about. There's a lot. So we'll start with the transfer window. Uh, Dan, do you want to take it away? Did you have any? Did you have any? Was it your was it your emotional side saying to you that Celtic might buy a player or two, or was it just pragmatic? You thought maybe we'd spend some of that money. Or what, what was your thinking? Well, I think we were all kind of led down the garden path, when, and I think we spoke at this previously when your man came back, Rogers, and led us all to believe that he was going to be given money to make Celtic a better team, bring in better players, bring in his own players. So, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we were expecting a few signings to bolster the team, especially when we did have um, so many injuries. Uh, and it's been a it's been a massive letdown. Um, we all know that. I don't think there's anybody who'll disagree with that. Again, shout if, if I'm wrong, but... I was expecting at least, I think we all know, a left back was needed. Um, we needed uh, another option up front, which we didn't get either. And um, even there'd be a right back as well and centre half. Like, the carry on with Lagerbielka, um going then not going. Um, Vickers been injured. Um, listen, we could, we could even do my goalkeeper as well. We just needed... We we're just hoping to be strengthened in a few positions to kind of bolster the run of the league. Knowing how big a year it is with the new Champions League format, the more money available, and then these kind of false promises, I suppose they were, um, at the start of the season, that this guy was coming back to make us a better team and he'd be back to the board, and that was the only reason. Because that was the question, like, why, why is he coming back? And it's because he was promised A, B and C, apparently. And it's, it, it, it's not materialised. So all in all, it's... A very disappointing window, which we all know it was. It hasn't bolstered the team. And listen, the last two games have shown how poor we are and how bare bones we are as well. It's Burnaby playing at right back, just um, sorry, Burnaby playing at left back just shows it all. Would you not like? I'll just interject and give the Celt- what's the Celtic point of view then? The Celtic point of view is we looked at loads of players, Rogers looked at the players, but nothing was coming. People wanted to come to us, but we couldn't. The deals just weren't there to be done. It was a very stagnant transfer market, and the, the the type of players that we wanted weren't available for us to buy. Do you are you buying that, Mikey? Um, that's what he said. That's what Rogers said. Yeah. Well, unless he didn't. Um, that's that's what he said. Uh, I I just think yeah. I mean that 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 could be true. Um. I really don't, I don't know what's going on to be honest because the players that he, the player that he seemed to really really want, which is a is he German or Austrian, the boy that started last night, looks no different from any of the other wingers we had. So no, I I don't buy that. I I, I can only assume that there was some sort of there's some sort of power play going on behind the scenes, which really means he wants his own folk in. You know, he wants to get that Nick Hammond or whatever back. And he's, to make that point, 
any players that he, they were offering them, he was just saying uh, they're not good enough. That's my only. So I is that what you said? He said anyway. I mean, I I, I don't like. I think he would have been offered plenty of players. Whether they would have been, he deemed them good enough is another question. But they, I guess why he's not deeming them good enough, I don't know. That like that's that's what. Why are they not good enough for him, the development coach whose strengths are in getting the best out of players? Why is he setting such a high bar for the players at Celtic side? Then the ones that apparently have passed his high bar, you know, don't look anything special. A guy from Norwich who appears to have been bought just so he can score penalties, which might in the end, you know, in the end up it might prove like quite a prudent move, but Seems like he he himself is setting a very high bar for the type of player he wants Celtic to buy, and I can only assume that is because there's some sort of power play going on and he wants his own guys back is in. It, is it not just again, Hendo? Is it not just basic economics is playing against Celtic now? If you look at the transfer markets in Europe, every league's got like a big major signing. They're all sixteen to twenty million euros. And then it drops to like 500,000 or 600,000. Is it just the case that the Premier League's pushing these transfers up to the, the top, top players are 100 million plus, say, and then there's 50 million and then it's just a big drop off? And it, we're just not, it doesn't matter if we've got 5 million, like a 5 million player, there's just not, it's just not the same as it was 10 years ago. Is that are we just are we just fooling ourselves that we can actually do any decent business? Well, I think if you go back two Januarys ago, mm-hmm. it transformed our season with Hitati coming in, with Maeda coming in, and <clears throat> not so much Idaguchi, but you know it was a signing. But you know there were two players came in in that January window that made a massive difference, you know, gave the place a lift, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it helped, you know, propel us on for uh, a good run. And even if you then look at last January, um, you know, who came in and what difference did it make? We had Alistair Johnson sign post-World Cup. Um as Juranovic went out the door, so you could kind of argue that was fairly like for like. There wasn't a major drop off in in quality um, or you know squad balance or anything. One kind of cancelled the other out, and then we signed O to replace Jackamakis, which probably was a, a drop off in quality. But they were you know they were fees. They were you know three three million pounds, two million pounds, and then we also but Kobayashi, who's one of those guys that kind of has a has a rare sighting, uh, and Awata as well. So even just going back to last January when we had a probably what we all deemed was a really really strong team and a strong squad, we actually probably well we did bring in more and spent more on that team than this team who were saying you know it needs something that. that Something has to change with this team. There's just something missing. There's not a spark there. Um, so I think everyone was looking to this window thinking, we'll get someone in. You know, all the cliches will come. It's given the place a lift. Everyone's fighting for the jerseys again. Yada, yada. And actually, it's not really, we've not really had that moment, I don't think. It was, you know, Adam Eda on the last day. It was underwhelming was probably the, um, the feeling amongst fans, obviously, will be judged on what he does on the, the pitch, but just as a kind of general feeling and levels of confidence. Um, and then Kuhn was obviously, well, again, I think, uh, speaking for for most general football fans, a uh, a bit of an un, a bit of an unknown quantity again. So I don't think there was any kind of levels of of excitement as he came in the door, and that was kind of kind of it. And as you say, there were. There are areas where people have been saying we need to to strengthen, but again, I kind of 
the, the narrative is, you know, we need a left back. Um, two two seasons ago at this point, we had been playing Adam Montgomery, um, you know, and we just waited for Taylor to get fit and that was it because Taylor was deemed good enough. Um, the the kind of cry for the left back, I, I'm not really sure, is Taylor now not deemed good enough? Is it just because he's got no competition for place and when he's a little bit out of form, he keeps his, his shirt because... He's not the only person on the pitch that keeps his keeps his shirt when he's out of form because you know Kyogo's been out of form and up until last night was playing all the time. Callum McGregor's, um, you know, he's just he's he's not the same player that he was this time last year, and you know we're only seeing the real Callum McGregor in fits and starts. I feel, um, I think part of that is the the way we were set up, the way we're playing. Um, so that was a really, really long answer to probably quite a straightforward question. No, but I think there's there's definitely there's two there's there's a couple of ways of looking at it. The the, is the transfer window in itself is something that you can we can get behind. So it's a it's a the transfer windows are is a is a concept that it can give you a bit. Of, oh wow, we've actually done something. The club's backing the manager. As Dan says, it can give you little yardsticks. They say, right, so we'll go back to Bostokoglu. Bostokoglu gets his job done early. He's got different uh, players that he knows. He'll come and play for him. So we're kind of buoyed by that sort of feeling. Maybe we're learning it was more, right, we'll go down to the English market. We'll take a few gambles. We'll do it. But it, it sets a scene for the next six months, or the next three or four months we've got to win the league. And I think Celtic fans... You just want to be in, I think the feeling is you want to be in the mix. You want to have somebody thinking creatively to give us a, a player that we can say, right, oh, this is fantastic. Gives us a spur. And that, I think there's definitely a feeling that that board and the, they're just not, they just don't think in those terms. And actually, I think, and Dan, you were saying I was deflated after the transfer window. There's no need to be deflated. But you feel it, you sense it, you think, oh, We've missed an opportunity here, and then it play, it starts to play out when there's injuries start to. So I think that the club need to work out what they want to do in a transfer window, and I think they should be looking to galvanise and get the club moving. And you can do that through certain players, can't you? I think though the the club did spend a lot of money in the summer, and a lot of players did come in, so. If I sat on the boards, I'd be saying, well, we have spent money and we did bring players in. Everyone just talks about how big the Celtic squad is and that it needs trimmed. Um, so do you need players or actually have we got too many players? What's the what's the story here? Um, the, the whole recruitment thing I find a bit baffling as well. And just in terms of a general topic, because again, the the, the story around that was that you know, Rogers was really impressed by the recruitment department, um, you know, the scouting network, um, you know, so my my reading of that is, and you know, obviously some of the players that have come in over the last few years is that the manager isn't really that close to it. Um, but for whatever reason, since he's come back, it seems to have kind of grinded to a halt. And again, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, if you kind of read the stuff online, Peter Lowell's back in the building and now suddenly transfers don't go through. And, you know, that was a, a theme when it was kind of he was in the building before the last couple of years. He's not been in the building and lo and behold, players come in quickly. We're doing business at the start of the window. So I, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I would have thought in this day and age that a recruitment department deals with recruitment. And, you know, the the manager's role is to say, I want a left back, find me a left back, and they go find a left back, and then someone in the management function does the contracts, negotiates the wages, and says what will go and what won't go, and then Rogers welcomes them with a scarf above their head for a, a picture. You know, I, I don't I don't quite get how we're supposed to be how we're supposed to be doing that and why it's kind of fallen away versus what we've seen over the last 
probably like four transfer windows in terms of players coming in now. Why the January one? It just it just ground to a halt. But, but correct me if I'm wrong here. Is that not why Rogers left in the first place? Because the recruitment was getting to him, and he wasn't getting what he wanted, and he wasn't being backed as as good as he, um, he wanted to be to bring the club further forward. I my belief is that is why he left, and I'm sure that's what he said at his press conference when he came back. So where's the conversation been when he's came back between Chisholm or Law, whoever it was he spoke to in Mallorca, and um, said, right, this is what we've got in place now. Surely they've just said, oh, Mark, Mark Loyal's there, he's going to buy whoever you want, and that's the end of it. And Rogers went, all right, that's great, everything's going to change. Like, How can that collapse so easily in the space of six months? Because as somebody said the other day, like, the, the, the recruitment doesn't happen at the end of December, and you start going, all right, I need a couple of players. You're saying that September, October, November, like the manager's obviously looking towards, he knows the transfer window's coming up. So it's not as if this is just over a month this has happened. This has been happening for months in advance and they've been planning for this, you'd like to think. So that's why it's such damning, it's so damning of how bad it's been. Like, where is the planning? Is there any planning? Or is it just a case, as you were saying, that every player they've put in front of Rogers, he's just went, no. Apart from obviously Ida and, and Kuhn. I really don't know. There's a lot I mean, of money being spent on it, isn't it? So, I mean, there has to be planning. There has to be meetings every week to say, right, this is what we're trying to do, this is what we're trying to achieve. Sure, I mean, it's a, it's a but, business. It's a... I mean, there's clearly faults on every side, though, and, like, try to pin the blame on one, or oh, it's the recruitment, or it's Peter Law. I mean, it's just, it's kind of not working out. So, and it was, it was obvious, kind of, from the summer now, with the recruitment side of things, Roger said, I've had a look at the squad, but, you know, like over the last couple of months. So you're thinking, OK, he's going to have a bit of an idea of what's going to happen. And then the first day, he, you know, that that guy home rocks up. Then the Australian winger rocks up. We just started signing loads of players. Like, why, why did he sign off on all of them? You know what I mean? Why didn't he just take stock of what he had and made a proper plan? We were... We were on the back foot already because he was like, "Oh yeah, get me! I'll take all these players that are in the pipeline." So, I say that you can't single. There's blaming. There's blaming every side. I mean, who asked Rogers whether these kind of players were going to suit his style? What he was planning to do with the with the team? It was so we had a bloated squad from the start of the season, and we've been on the back foot ever since. Probably try to trim that squad. So. I just there has like you say, Dan. What were the discussions before he took the job? I mean, because it just seemed like oh, I just carry on. The impression I got at the start was carry on as normal. It's been working under the previous manager. From Roger's perspective, he thinks I'm going to come in. I'm an elite level manager, and I'll just coach these good players in the way I see fit. And then you know, very very slowly, every time we we lost to Kilmarnock or whatever, and had a poor first half against Johnston and it was just little like, oh, we need a bit more quality, we need this, we need that. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's just kind of spiralled from there and I think that brought the expectation through the this window gone that we were seriously planning to upgrade on the quality. And, but I know, think that, the, the whole quality thing, though, is a bit of a, I think it's a bit of a red herring because, the the team, if you look at the team, that you know realistically the best eleven players, it's pretty much the same eleven that played last year. Um, you know, it's the same goalie. Taylor's at left back, Johnston's at right back, Carter Vickers when fit will play, and then the only real change is that whoever plays alongside Carter Vickers because Starfelt went. So three out of your or four out of your back, your your defence is the same. Midfield, you've got McGregor, O'Reilly, and again, if Atati was fit, he would be in there, and that's your, your three. So, you know, that's that's the same as last season. Then your your best front three is probably still Diogo, Maeda, and Abada, which, again, you had last season, and there was no qualms from anyone saying, oh, we need more, certainly not domestically, we need more quality. Um, you know, it just it just wasn't. And I think 
that kind of came out in Europe that you know we need a bit more quality and fine we'll always need more quality in Europe because we're up against much better teams uh you know that that's been fairly well proven this year but domestically I just think I don't think he has said that I think it kind of gets blown out that you know if, if if some of these points dropped it's come down to quality I think it's more just bad game management bad individual performances bad team performances bad coaching um whatever you want to call it because that that's starting 11 when it's fit and ready to go it's the same when mm. quality wasn't being questioned but but the last month before the transfer market we were abysmal well apart from those of, last three games picking up points good. and we're not going to play that team again if you've got money in the bank the majority of Celtic fans are like right, okay we've got money in the bank Rangers are getting closer and closer we've allowed them to get closer and closer now this is the time where you, this is the, the time where you go and, and just maybe just slightly push push the boat out and give us something that we can say, right, okay, Rogers is but he's get he's taking ages to his style is very slow, but we've got a couple of players that maybe can change the game. And, and, and we've not done that, so now we're really I mean, Dan, at the moment are you looking at a, a team that can win the league? I mean, the, the, team that no. handle, the team that Hendel's no. talked about would win the league, yeah, but that team's not not going to play in the next 14. We'll be very lucky if that team Aye, plays in the next 14. But, but this team last year as well, Hendel, a fair point is it's basically the same players, but you've got the same players under a different manager, a different manager. No, that, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's not quality. The, the quality is there. It is what's happening on the pitch um, is, the, is the issue. So like he's saying, oh, I need more quality. It's like, no, you don't. You need to get them playing in a way that allows them to excel individually and as a team. Yeah, and at the that. moment, you're not doing that. You're putting them on the pitch and asking them to play in a way that clearly uh, is dragging their performances backwards. That's he's, on you. He's yeah, we've, seen, we've seen these players... He says, but he, he says, well, I've not changed anything. He keeps saying it. And he's well, he so has, totally changed it. He has, not yeah. <laughs> I know, but, but the thing is, but if he's saying <laughs> that and then Celtic are saying, we're having a great transfer window, we're doing this and doing that, you're like, first of all, Celtic fans want Celtic to do well. Like That's just a given. And when you're watching the stuff that they're doing, then he comes out and says, I didn't change anything. You're like, Celtic from back to front breaking are so slow. Yeah, they're slow. That's that's the that's that the big difference. But then I think a lot of the the whole quality aspect come in as well is because Starfelt is gone, and then Carter Vickers has been injured for most of the season. So we've went from Lagerbelka to Naroki to Scales uh, to Welsh, and it's been all over the shop. You know what I mean? So there's been a, a fear in there, and that's why people are trying to say, right, we need a bit of uh, quality to sort out the defence because the passing at times is abysmal, absolutely but- terrible. But see under Rogers as well. So mm-hmm. one of the things I, I think I said the last time I was on a podcast, which would be a good couple of months ago, was yeah, um, I couldn't believe the the way we're playing that everything seems to come through Liam Scales. That Liam Scales, who's probably the least apart from Joe Hart, he'll be like the least talented person on the pitch, uh, with a ball at his feet, seems to be the guy that has the ball at his feet the most during a match. And then there was a guy on there was a guy on Twitter put the the, the touches up by by teams. I'll give the guy credit at Yogi Junior three from last night's match. So the guy in our team that had the most touches last night to kind of confirm this myth uh, it was Liam Scales with 157 touches. The guy with the, the first next, time. Yeah. yeah. The guy with the next most touches was Stephen Welsh, one hundred and five. Yeah, because they were passing Cal- between themselves for most of the game. So Callum McGregor, who is the the best player in our team with the ball at his feet, had seventy touches, and same for O'Reilly. So Liam Scales nearly had twenty twice as many touches as McGregor in the game. You know, 
That's why it's slow and ponderous, because, again, this isn't meant to be an attack on, on Liam Scales. He's just following the plan, and he's the guy there. But he brings the ball so far, and then he just hits a square pass. It's not like he's bringing it out, and he's, you know, he's Van Dijk, or he's Rio Ferdinand or something. He starts skipping past players and then threading a ball. You know, he, he pretty much, you know, hits sideways passes all the time. Um, and it almost the way that we're playing, it's it's crowding our midfield and, you know, never mind the opposition stifling us. We're, we're doing it ourselves yeah. so that the guys that are the, the most creative and that can pull the strings aren't aren't getting a, a look in. It's, uh, you know, when I saw that and I was thinking, I mean, that, you know, when you think you imagine stuff, you're like, why, why is Scales always the guy on the ball? And then you actually see the numbers. I was like, that is just ridiculous. And that that, that, that is a way of playing. That's that's yeah. how we are told we're gonna, you know, go through the phases or whatever, you know. But that's the thing, that's the, the thing way, they use the way, to describe it. The way we're playing, uh, Dan or Mikey, the way we're playing, right? I know they talk about that horseshoe way we move the ball around, but it, we 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 contract the pitch into this area of like scales get the ball, Welsh get the ball, and it loops around that curve. And then we're really just looking for the midfielders just to flick something on or try and find a gap. But in my head, football should be played. The ball should go to the midfielders as quickly as possible to allow them to use their creativity, which really is is hitting passes right, left and centre when he gets a chance to do it. Let them drive the game forward, be it a Pomic's Day, be it a Lennon, like these guys get on the ball quickly and then they can see the angles and the movement of the ball. And when you think about a Rodgers team back in the day, that was kind of the way it kind of worked out. But now it seems like I think we're just compressing the midfield. And it just doesn't seem to be logical. If you're going to buy a great midfield player, but if you don't get 70 touches, he's not going to... At one time, yes, last night, one of the midfield players came all the way to the left-hand side just to get the ball, just for a touch. And you're like, because he's not really, it just doesn't seem to be the way to play football. Like, even know, even yeah. last night, I was puzzled, man. The, the, the midfield, if you're talking about Riley, McGregor and Bernardo, the best player for me at the time was, or the best, who was having the better game out of the three was Bernardo, and he got subbed. They don't, they don't look as if they're playing together, do they? They're no. trying to find space for scales to hit them. And then when they're finding space, they're 20 yards out and they've got to try and half turn or move or do something really creative. Was why yeah. not have the midfield the defend the midfield having the ball maybe in the center circle and they can look up and it seems as if we've crammed all that talent into like and Kyogo's got no chance in that system. Zero chance of scoring 30 goals. Just doesn't. Um yeah. one of one of my points, Mikey, last night was I, Anger, all the place for Man United was playing a couple of weeks at uh, Christmas time, and he got the ball in the, he got the ball. It was when the, a time when Klopp came out and went bananas at Man United for one all. He got the ball in the middle, sort of right hand side of the, the box, and he kind of went at the player, the defender, but he, he recycled the ball. Kuhn last night had the ball in the box with Celtic one on one, and then we recycled the ball. And then couldn't get the ball back again, and he was twenty yards out of the box. Mm. Three minutes later, so I'm like, why would you have a, a player in a position in the burning box for him to pass the ball back for the ball to come back to him twenty yards back out of the angle? That doesn't. See, surely in my brain, I'm like, either our good uh, winger that's getting paid a lot of money has got the ability to take him, or or gain a corner kick, or do something, but we or we just. And that, that football is dead to me. It's very hard to watch and decide why we're doing this, why Rodgers is making these decisions to make us play in this way when we know in our hearts and hearts that Celtic can play much faster because we've seen it. As Hendo's already pointed out, we've got the same players, kind of. I mean, a couple of times last night, Joshua was laughing at me because I'm balling the TV saying, move the ball quickly. Just get that ball moving. I know, but see, see when you watch Celtic at the moment as well, uh, you never sit and 
think, oh my god, that was a what a pass, what a ball. It just doesn't happen. Just like it's it's mental, and like you never see, you know, especially at home, the the wide players just they stand on the touchline, they're hugging the touchline, they're so far out wide, but never ever do we switch play. You know, never does anyone just get the ball and just fire a diagonal across the pitch and switch the play and you know stretch the game a bit. It's just uh, it's so stifled all the time. Um, you know. No, no wonder there's never any chances. We never hit any good passes. We never hit any nice through balls. There's never any kind of intricate, you know, tr- triangular movements. You know, short, sharp, uh, breaking the the back line. It's all just uh, there. There, there wasn't so stationary all the time and so rigid. The last three games, I thought suddenly, the last three games before the transfer window, before the preseason. They, the winter break. I thought we don't know. Celtic are beginning to move the ball a wee bit. As a wee bit of like click, click, click. And I'm like, yeah, that's the ticky tacky football. I love that. Maybe Rogers is just taking a wee bit of time. I mean Aberdeen Aberdeen could have beat us, Dan. Would you say that? I mean we sort of lost our way in Aberdeen and last night last night end. last night I actually I was trying to like look at the text messages in the WhatsApp at fifty minutes. You actually couldn't text Every time you looked up, there was something going on. We'd lost control of the game, and I didn't think under a, I didn't think under a Rogers team we would start losing control of games. I mean, the Aberdeen guy, I mean, Sherry should score, shouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, for all this, this slagging off of Joe Hart, like Joe Hart has been saving us the last two games, and Hibernian worked us out pretty quickly, and Hibernian should have won last night. Given of course they should have. Of course they should have. I didn't. I didn't expect that to see that. I didn't expect that sort of people working us out. And okay, but there was a lot of kicking last night. There was a lot of stuff going on. But I mean, Mikey, do you, like we were like, oh, Maeda's back, but Maeda looked like a shadow of the man, didn't he, last night? No, you're right. It's the system. It, honestly, I watched Celtic and I'm just reminded the country dancing practice at school. It's like step. Two, three, four, back, two, you know what I mean? It's just like back, forth, <laughs> it's just, and it's so predictable as well. Um, so, no, as people are talking about, oh, this player back, that player back, the system is just not suited to those players. And actually, if you look at it now, I mean, Brendan Rogers, if you look at his last season, maybe in a half at Leicester, and now the first six to nine months at us, He's had teams, you know, all these complaints that we've got about the style of play, I'm pretty sure the Leicester fans were, were saying similar stuff when he was there. So, um, yeah, I, I'm the, the more I'm seeing of Celtic under Rodgers and looking at what the Leicester fans were saying about this slow, ponderous build-up, the horseshoe stuff, you just start to wonder, is his style of coaching... His way he wants to play the game is just, I just don't, it doesn't seem to be that effective anymore. Um, but you, you could see how angry, you could see how, sorry, no angry, you could see how fucking um, relieved he was at the end of the game last night, right? Up at the fans and shouting and stuff. How can he honestly stand there and say, this is working? This is actually good football? You know what I mean? It's, it, it can be, it has to be going away going, Jesus Christ, we got away with one there again. You know yeah. what I mean? There's no way you can be saying that's working or it's enjoyable or in any way, yeah. shape or form. He just feels like a man out of ideals and I don't know if it's because he doesn't have his assistant, was it Chris Davis or I think that was the guy's name. I think, yeah. um, he He's at Spurs, isn't he? Yeah. I, I don't know. Just something doesn't seem to be working and yeah, I'm, I'm at the place right now I, my only hope is almost like his muscle memory as a manager in Scotland. And this is it feels like I'm clutching at straws can get us through the league because it's I don't see a big sustainable uplift in performances. So it's honestly just like yeah, it's a bit of a wing and a prayer, and it's just hoping he's got enough big game experience to you know get a tune out the players. 
in a in one off games and just struggle over the line. It's not you know there's very, very many pitfalls to that and it could blow up. But you know if he can get us over the line this season and just say look, thanks lads, see you later in the summer. I think that's pretty much going to be the it's best. The best we could, you don't think? No, he's not, not going to go thanks lad. But I mean certainly, certainly. I mean, he's what he is. He's not stupid. He's watching it. He's standing on the touchline. He can feel it. I mean, okay, last night, the Aberdeen game was exciting. Last night was exciting the second half, but for all the wrong reasons. But Rogers has got loads of time to change it. I mean, he's a 50 year old man. Like, like, I mean, like, I've got, I've got philosophies in life, but. You know what I mean? Like he's fifty years old, and my, I've got football philosophies. But how many games does it handle? The handle countdowns on. It's fourteen games Thir- to go. Thirteen. thirteen I mean, his, his philosophy is just should just be three points, three points, three points. Yeah. And when just we've got a done. match, I'm going to make it as easy as possible for us to achieve that target. So I'm going to, you know, play in a way that that suits everyone and gets the best out of every player. And I think that's where. Um, there's a, a lack of faith, you know, whether whether you wanted Rodgers in or not. I mean, some people were comparing last night to when, uh, who was it, Ralston had scored at, at Ross County in that 2-1 game, I think, and if, when we had loads of injuries and he scored last minute and that was kind of like a turning point for us in Ange's first season. But I think the difference was then, you know, Ange inherited a mess and, you know, dropped however many points at the start of the season as he kind of tried to get his arms around the situation. Also, at that point in December, you've seen progress uh, and there's credit and goodwill in the bank. And you can see the way that we're trying to play and the, the players that he's brought in to try and achieve that. Whereas, you know, someone said that to me. I was said, well, it's totally different because... We're not bought into something that's not it's not like we we scraped the victory and you know we're galvanized and everyone's behind the team, everyone's behind the manager, and we can see what they're trying to do and you know it's a work in progress. I mean, none of that's applicable here. He inherited a good team that essentially just needed managed uh onto the next season. There wasn't any kind of major surgery required, and you know, ultimately he's taken a, a team and you know made it underperform from where it was versus, you know, come on at Rangers. They didn't get the players they wanted in the window. I mean, they still didn't, you know, they've brought in who's Silva, but I mean, they needed a recognised striker. Um, He's not moaned about it as much. And also he's picking up points every week and the team's playing better than it was, whereas we've kind of gone the opposite. We're playing worse than we were. 12 months ago and you know are in a a period of you know having built up a substantial lead gradually dropping uh more and more points as we go um the thing is yeah we we are that's so we are like i don't want rogers in celtic right that's fine that was that was there now you're watching them and you're like come on brendan just come on get this league one you know that way, it's, the Celtic fans are all there, they're all singing all night. Celtic have got, like, I like skills, I like Ralston playing for Celtic, I like Welsh playing for Celtic, I like Joe Hart, like, I like all these characters. I want them to win the league this year. But we just need to do something, we need to find a way to do this. And it might be that, I don't know, like, like last night, how many players did, did, did when Abada come on, Dan, did you watch Abada and think, is that Abada we seen before? <laughs> it was shocking. It was, it was terrible. It was so many straight passes, one right out of the park, just summed them up. Kyogo come on. Feet. I mean, Kyogo. Yeah, Kyogo. You bring, you bring Kyogo, come on, because you need a goal and you play him at basically like number 10. We played him behind either. You know, which, that's not what you like, want him. You want him playing in the shoulder of the defender, ball through him, bang. That's what he's good could, at. Could your man come on then? The, 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 the Irish guy comes in, he scores two goals, right? Okay, he missed a few chances last night, right? Fine, but he, he his career changes. His, could that be the case now, Mikey? We have a, 
a target man or a centre forward. He's not a target man, it. Paul. He's terrible in there. He's wrong. I know. That I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm grasping straws here. Is that? And then we can change. We can play two up front and don't play. And I'm really scratching my head about how useful these wingers are to us. If realistically, if you go down the left hand side, go down the right hand side, you end up with your winger and your left back and your right back and your wingers all standing beside each other. Don't you? Really? They're not crossing over and nothing's really happened. So Rogers can change that. He, he can sit down just now and write something up to say, look, we can change that. And maybe, I mean, Adam seems to, I like him. He might not be the good <coughs> plan in the world, but we might need somebody to change it. Yeah, maybe he's not a target man, but maybe, like, he did have the guts to do what he did. I don't know, wait. Like, if you gave me any money, I'd never put money on him scoring the second goal last night. A lot of guts to do that. And maybe Celtic. Celtic get... I'm trying to see how we can win this league. That's what I want to see. I don't think it's... I, my dad said that to me as well. I just want to say it's a lot of guts to take that second penalty. Like, he's a striker. He's paid good money to score goals. A penalty is like fucking shooting a barley fish. You know what I mean? If you, That is their bread and butter to score penalties. Yeah, Hit the ball away from 10, 12 yards. Exactly, that's that. Like, it's fucking pressure. That's his job. This guy, this guy is what, was the game, what was the game, though? Was it Ross County at home where we were like 1 0 up after a minute and then we missed a penalty on 40 minutes or something like that? Um, yeah. You know, even just if you look back on some of these tight games that we've had and when we've missed penalties, that probably would have, you know, if we'd scored the penalty instead of missing it, you could have seen the kind of floodgates open when we might have won by a few more goals. So, as I agree with you, Dan, it's it should be easy for a striker to to score a penalty. But the bottom line is we haven't been doing that. So, you know, now just having someone that does look like he can hit a penalty could actually make the difference by the end of the season. Bizarrely, but his, him as a character, he comes up. Celtic, I mean, he's not even signed a contract with us. He gets six months deal, right? He comes up, he's put in front of a, a Twitter feed, a video, and he's like, yeah, I'm playing for Celtic. You're like, what are we doing with this guy? So at least, I mean, this guy is disappearing. This, it's a kind of Todd Cantwell type of figure. He comes in, he scores two goals. He gets, in more than 15 minutes, he's got what? Now he's got 120 minutes under his belt. So I'm trying to look at ways that we can win the league. And maybe this guy... Because couldn't, couldn't, I mean, how many wingers have we seen now that just come on, get the ball, pass it back, get the ball, pass it back? I mean, how many wingers can we get to say this doesn't work? I mean, we're not going to get another Jota. I mean, maybe no, uh, that's, that's one of the big problems. Hendo, your, your discussion, it's the same team, but actually, the same team, but without a Jota, it was like, just wanted to, I mean, Hendo, you sat and watched them. How much desire in one player? When he's playing for Celtic, you knew he wanted to make a difference in a game. Yeah, Last I know, night, but then it was a it's a different time, it was a different way of playing. There's no there's different uh, it's a character, but that character, maybe that Irish guy Adam has got that type of character, maybe he finds it. I don't know, but because Kuhn doesn't look he doesn't look to have that type of character. Does he? Or, I don't know, he just looks well, very I, I think, Neither of them are in a position to be to be judged at the moment because they've only had a game and a half each. So I think it would be pretty harsh to start to start judging them because against Aberdeen you're thinking, oh, Kuhn scored, he's all right, and against Sibs you're thinking he's not all right. Uh, well, kind of vice, a, vice versa. So I mean, no, win I'm the league for if characters. Well, I think we, characters we've got characters. We've got characters because for. Uh, the last however many leagues we've won it um, bar one when it was going for the the record so there's, there's plenty of characters there who've won trophies before so you know as I say that this that a lot of the the squad from last season and the season before the kind of core players are still there so that there's there's plenty of people who've been been through this before and you know at this business end should know what it takes and even the players that aren't in the starting 11 there's players in the squad that that know what it takes as well so the whole i'm not i'm not really 
buying the point that we need characters, so we go buy an unproven guy from Norwich because we think he's going to be a character that we need. He might turn out to be, but I don't think, you know, I think there's plenty of character in there. The problem is they're not flourishing on the pitch at the moment um, and playing and playing their best football. Um, you know, they, they all, I would say, have character because they're playing for Celtic. You've got the pressure of having to win every week and ultimately, you know, for the last couple of seasons, they've done it. A lot of them have just been a treble winning squad and won every single thing that came before them. So you don't do that without character. Uh, and the majority of the squad that did that treble is still is still in place, albeit minus a few key players. And ultimately, they they need to go out and win the next 13 matches, two of which are against Rangers, but the confidence levels amongst the fans is not high that they're going to do that because more often than not, we're walking away from matches disappointed at how we played. And if you were individually rating the players on the pitch, then, you know, you're not giving many players eight, nine out of ten. You know, it's all going to be sixes and sevens. And that comes back to the manager getting the, the best out of them. And that can only be because he's asking them to do things that obviously aren't computing. Isn't that? Am I not looking for a character, Danny, just to tell Rogers, to, like Roy Aiken, just say, Rogers, shove it. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing this way. Like, I don't know. But like, going back to the whole quality point, when I, when I was saying earlier about how people with the same kind of team, but people saying we need more quality, like I, I just didn't finish that, but it's like, I, I said what I said about the defence, but then when you, when you get into the midfield as well, like, we don't have Jota, like Abada was injured. And then the replacement there is obviously Maida's out on the left, who does what he does, but we know his quality is limited at times. And then the right, this, especially this season, we tried Forrest, who we know Rogers doesn't really have much time for. And then all of a sudden the saviour seemed to be Mikey Johnson, who couldn't get near the team the previous year. And then in the centre of the park, you've got Hitati there who was injured, so he was gone. Now, I think um, Bernardo's done okay since he's, he has come in. He has, he has done quite well. And as you were saying, Callum's form's kind of di- dipped. And then up front, Kyogo's lost his form. And we used to have Giacomacchus. And Oz just has they done anything anywhere. Like, Giacomacchus was good. He wasn't amazing, but he was a good player. But and Oz no went anywhere near that. So there's, there's been a huge drop-off in so many, like nearly every area. Aaron Moy as well. Remember Aaron Moy? Aaron Moy as well, yeah. Yeah, he made a big, a big contribution. Yeah, for a while. Term, so I think there's just a lot of fury amongst the fans, and like it's nowhere near as good as it was. The play isn't as good as we said as well. So overall, it's just, it's just, it's went downhill. So downhill, it's, it's unbelievable. But the positive then is Scales has played well. Yeah, Scales is. I mean, good. I think I'll, I'm going to disagree with that. I think Scales has done fine, but I think Aye, right. kind of doing him as a hero's exaggerating things he's he's fine he's doing the job he's been asked to do but um you know if if we were benchmarking him against other other defenders other than you know the fact that it was Liam Scales and he was nearly out the door and stuff he gets a lot of goodwill and credit for that um rather than you know actually marking the the performances and what he does in my view he's fine I'm not meaning to sound hypercritical of him but He's not been some starlet diamond of the season or anything, which is kind of what he gets made out to to be. He's still positionally at the back, gets caught out. He's slow. And I'm not meant to be attacking the guy, but, you know, again, I feel it's just like a bit, a bit mythical that the guy's a hero. And, you know, he's doing no, fine. He's, he's, but... he's, done, he's done well in Europe. He has, he has. He has had some good performances. But, yeah, he's by no means a finished article. You're right. He saved his last night, like he slid in, took that ball. I mean, Joe Hart, I mean, Joe Hart might not be the greatest goalkeeper in the world, but it's three or four saves every, like Celtic keeper used to be one or two saves. Joe Hart's got to pull out, he nearly saved your man's shot last night, nearly, but I touched it. I mean, he did, again, but he's also caused a lot of heart attacks this season because he can't catch a ball, so. Yeah, okay. And you need to look after Hibs scored like that. Five minutes after Hibs scored was that all over the shop. Can I just say as well, leading up to Hibs goal, and it was a good point. I think it was made after it was. uh, I think it was Lennon that said that that the ball comes. It's a Hibs like goal kicker, whatever. It gets kicked out. Welsh is marking the lad, 
and just misjudges the fight of the ball. But it's, it's a basic ball kicked into the defence. The boy runs away from Welsh and Welsh pulls him down because he's no other option because he wasn't paying attention. And for that free kick, the ball comes into the box, falls back out to your man and he scores. It's like stupid free kicks like that. And then it's serious panic for the next five minutes. Nobody could clear their lines. It was like pinball machine that the ball was going off three or four players trying to get rid of it. It's, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Then, it's just then, panic stations. Then Celtic buy, so Welsh is there. Celtic get out of the transfer market and buy Nam the Rock, right? And then he, on and, and Saturday or Sunday, lets your Aberdeen player run at his from 30, 40 yards, get it in the box, put it to his left foot and score. So we, we pay money for this pl- a player to come in. He, he had to because he was booked, but Paul. He was in a yellow card. He was, he was fearing for his and life. What, two minutes later, he boots the boy. He takes the boy out and should have been sent off. Yeah, he shouldn't have been booked in the first place, though, but... But, but here's the point. The point is that <laughs> that Welsh and Scales are are, are are doing Welsh and Scales are, are Celtic players. They're they're trying their best, but nobody's ever seen their superstars. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, if it wasn't for Ralston last night sliding in and going mental and getting the ball, we wouldn't have been in a position to get, even get the second penalty. And that was a bit of application. That was a bit of never say die attitude. I mean, Ralston. Yeah, but that, but, but again, like I know, Hendo, you're saying quality, but actually, with 13 games, I don't think the Celtic players have been put under this type of pressure. I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling the pressure when this boy's hitting the penalty kick. Like we, I've never felt pressure like this for a while. Because you know, Rangers tell. are just going to Rangers are going <laughs> to take away these wee boxes that my high, highly stressful. <laughs> no, I know, but that, I think that I think that's the issue, Paul. It's not. It shouldn't. You shouldn't even be worrying because you should just know that you win your own games and you win the league. We're not doing that. That's what the the fundamental issue is. We are not confident that over the next yeah. thirteen games that we could win thirteen games. Yeah. No. Whereas I if you asked a Rangers fan right now, they would say we'll beat everyone. And if we can get a win in one of those Celtic matches, that'll be enough for us to win the league. I think if you were, went and straw-pulled Celtic fans, they probably wouldn't believe that they'll win all of those 11 games. Most, I think, would say, we'll drop points in them and we'll have to beat Rangers twice. Because I think if, if you it, ask Rangers fans, they would say, we'll win all those games against all the other teams and then we'll build up our goal difference and we'll only need to beat Celtic once. I think that's but where the, think, the fans are at the moment. Yeah, but I think that it's a Roger's power to actually say, right, lads, we're going to take the handbrake off and just go. I mean, last night, like, literally, how many passes do we have? Like, you can see the Hibs players running back the way, and you're like, we're not even, we're not even doing enough. To, like, Celtic, Celtic are at their best, Dan and Mikey, when, when, th- when the team's attacks against us, and then they're not in their, their positions. And Celtic need to go, 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 go. And if we lose that impetus, so if Rogers would turn on the morning and say, right, lads, let's stop playing. Let's make sure that Scales isn't getting 100 odd touches. Let's make sure McGregor's getting the touches. Let's drive forward. I'm sure Celtic can win the league. Positive. I think Rogers is getting in the way of himself. He's getting in the way of the club winning the league. Uh, but that, that's, a, that's an if and but answer. On that's current not an if form, and but. Uh, no, it is. We're not in the league. You're saying no. if Rogers does this and Rogers does that. So currently, based on how we're playing at the moment, we're not do you think league. we will win no. all of our 11 no. games against the other teams? No. no. It, but what I'm saying to you is, if you ask the Rangers fan the same question, no, no, I at get this that. point in time, they'll be saying, aye, we'll win all those 11 matches. But, but my point is that Rogers needs to just stop it and change the way we're playing. But that's, I mean, I mean, why is he, he going to die in this hell? Why is he going to die in this hill? Why? Why would you do that? Why? He's sitting, standing at the touchline. He's watching his team create zero chances near enough against Hibs. He he's a man out of ideals. I don't think he sure, can, I, I don't think he's got the capability of doing it, or he'd have done it before now. I don't know, but then under Andrew had one idea, and it was a good idea, and it, it just seemed to. Yeah. To work, surely you have to just evolve your idea to make it work. That's what I mean. He's he's getting annoyed at the performances and is disappointed, but 
you know, as far as we can tell, nothing fundamentally is changing them. We're going out and, you know, bar, I reckon, five to ten games all season where we've come out and actually played well. And as I say, individual player ratings would be like eight, nine out of ten. Yeah. I reckon there'd be five to ten games in there. Beyond that, it's felt under par, undercooked, whatever you want to call it, and just just not happened, which is just not good enough, really. And that's why we're in a position now, 13 games to go. You know, confidence is not where it should be. You're almost waiting for us to slip rather than waiting for us to, to start building a gap up again. Or what I mean, yeah. And then... then... Dan, maybe this is the the league of all leagues where we you know, I don't mind Celtic winning ugly. I don't care. Like I want them to just do it. I, I'm not sitting I'm not somewhere when the Rangers if Rangers win the league and they're putting all those red things around and shoving firecrackers up their arses. Not like I actually can't deal with that. Not when we're in a position of so much strength. Like, I mean, honestly. I just, that's why I think the transfer window felt like the next day I woke up, I did I phone you, Dan? I just was like, oh, I just can't deal with this. Like, <laughs> come on, Celtic. It's getting to the stage, oh, like, I'll play right wing for them. And, you know what I mean? It's, it there, there's, no, there's no Celtic fan that was happy with that transfer league. Show me somebody, because I know there was they. I don't know anybody that no. was happy with it. So if not one fan is happy with it, how, how can Rogers be happy with it? Or the board? I don't think Rogers was overly happy, but even though he came out and said, oh, as you just said earlier, Paul, we did uh, look at a few things and they weren't the right things. But if they'd been planned properly for that, they would have knew in advance who they were going to go for and they'd have knew in advance what that price roughly was. You tell me that like, mid-December or early January, sorry, early January or mid-January, they've come in and said, oh, actually, we need five million for him. Oh, geez, I didn't think you'd have asked for that much. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, we're no idiots. Something's no, something's no right behind the scenes as far as I'm concerned. It's interesting. I, I went through the transfer market. Uh, <laughs> I was in McDonald's myself on Monday, and I went or Tuesday. I went. I was sitting on my lunch in McDonald's because I'm kind of don't know what I'm doing. My life. Anyway, I was going through all the transfer market, and I was like, uh, Big Mac and six nuggets. I got a deal on my, my WhatsApp. My McDonald's app. My wife is not happy. Anyway, I was going through them all, and like, like loads of Spanish players, loads of PSG players, loads of Barcelona players, kind of moving around, and thirty-one-year-olds, and all. Even like the thirty-one-year-old left back we were linked to right at the end. That was just an agent thing. Like, wait a minute, there's players like Barcelona's have to get money in because of the transfer stuff. Man City, Everton, all, they've got all massive amount of players and they're under real pro- problems with these fair play, financial fair play rules. Not on Forest, for instance. Like, was there not reject? I mean, Lingard was asking for about three hundred thousand or so. Anyway, but the fact was, you're like, was this the create? Was this the time to be creative? Was this the time to go down and say like, we'll take twenty percent of his wages off you? There was so many clubs sort of just spilling players that they may have held on to and I thought well and, and even then Paul like why not like this reading between the lines the Bronby striker appears to be one of our like top target basically everyone seems to be agreed on that is it Viscarden or something like that right Bronby are just not selling because they're in a title race well this was a window to just go you know we, we don't have time for that 12 million euro I know you want I know you want 8 or whatever it is, we'll just give you 12 million euro. He's our top target. You know, we think he's a real quality player. And, you know, if we win the league, we're, we're in the money anyway. So, you know, a little bit of a risk taker. Not, mm. you know, not something that's going to, you know, like hamstring us for years to come. Literally, our top target, promise he's not available. We'll let, just make them an offer they can't refuse. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not a quantum leap. It's not doing it indefinitely. It's just for the time that we're in, maybe there's a justification here to just pay a bit over the odds to get our top targets in. And I don't even think they tried to do that. I think it's more that. There's no there doesn't seem to be any willingness to just slightly, you know, bend the bend their own rules 
and that's that's the disappointment. Because I can't believe I can't believe that you know we we didn't there are, there weren't left backs or strikers on our list available in that window if we paid a bit of a premium. I just, I can't yeah. believe that. Well, your man Miofsky and Shanklin must be better than Cole at this point. Yeah. Well, on paper, they're probably better than Kyogo at this point. It's just Kyogo's obviously got uh, a lot of credibility and, uh, you know, done well the previous couple of seasons. But on form this season, um, they're they're the two on-form strikers, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. I mean, well, what would we have had to pay Aberdeen for Mayofsky? Five million? Six million? Tell me it's not a, a risk worth taking. He looks very good, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a nice player. Yeah. He's too too good for Aberdeen. He'll definitely get a move. Proven in this league, I think he's in international. He's whoever is it was at North Macedonia or whatever. Again, feels seems like a Antel House part two. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, a safe bet. <laughs> a safe bet. What we had nothing to lose. We've got a hundred million in the bank. I mean, there wasn't even any talk of it, wasn't it? Not. No. So again, he mustn't be on the list, but there's plenty of talk about that daily striker. Just fucking buy him then. Yeah. Got the money. Remember, that was the big Rasmussen. Remember him? What I saying he was? Yeah. I don't think he looked like a player. He looked like a player, and then he came to us. <laughs> yeah. Showed his debut at Douglas Parker. Is that remember that? Yeah. So. Okay, so I mean. The thing is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't like being right. I don't like being right with Celtic. And last night was hard. I mean, I'm not young. I'm not a young man anymore. Like, I, I have to drop that packet of crisps. I might not have to go to McDonald's again because I'm going to have a heart attack before this season's ended. Like, literally, I drove to I drove to pick up the girls in horse riding. Betty phoned me. So I phoned Betty and Betty gave me commentary for the last 20 minutes of the Aberdeen game. He's like, this coon guy's going to score, this coon guy's... He was giving me false hope, you know what I mean? As I'm driving, breaking out speed to pick up my daughter, I'm like, Aberdeen game is... The, the one in my calendar we looked at, I was like, oh, come on, come on Celtic, we can do this. But obviously, maybe Aberdeen will do well, but they didn't... They did, goals and hands the ball 37 times, don't get away with it, but... Right. So, this is new territory for us for a couple of years, so we're just going to have to grin and bear it, and fingers crossed that Rogers does well. And uh, yeah, St. Mirren yeah. in the cup, and then Kelly at home next to oh. inform Kelly, inform Kelly, yeah, God damn it. and uh, we'll get there. Where's Mr. Positive get... Hendel? Let's go. We're going to win this. It's 13 matches, and uh, yeah, we just as I say, it's, we just need to get out and get three points, but Rogers needs to. Recognise that if he keeps doing the same thing over and over, you know the form's not going to change. He needs to, he needs to get change. on the field and work with the players and you know get something different to happen. He needs to get the players that can make the difference. On if the he can, if he can't see that from last night, God God help us. Well, that that's it. And do you know what? If he doesn't, and we go Cycle. on to to lose the league, then he'll deserve to get emptied, as he had said in his opening press conference, because. To have had the lead he's had, the squad he's inherited, it, it wouldn't be good enough. And the fact is, you've not you've not lost the league playing good football and putting in good performances. You'll have lost it because you've not turned up in far too many games and you haven't been at it. And that that you know, people say, oh, you can't just put that soul at the the door of the manager. I, I think in this case you can because we know so many of those players. Uh, better and I don't feel like it's an effort thing I just feel like it's a you know stifling creativity and just not knowing what they're supposed to do once they've got the ball for those that doubted them you have to you have to meet them in the car park in May by the way but the thing is so look at Mikey Dahl's viewpoint we pay 12 million for a player then was it good business to let Turnbull and Mikey Johnson away? If Turnbull 
is playing and scores goals, does score goals from the outside the box. And Mikey Johnson was scoring goals. Love him or he did score goals that made a difference in December. But Celtic now been better off just keeping these guys to, to the next fourteen games no, and letting no, them go. The, the idea is that Kuhn is an upgrade on Johnson. I mean, that's presumably the idea. Turnbull, yeah, there's more of an argument, a more more of an argument for not letting Turnbull go because there was not an obvious replacement signed, and Hatati's been completely injury prone this year. So yeah, not Johnson, but yeah, Turnbull could have still had a role, but he was looking, he was looking less and less interested uh, as the seasons went on. To be honest, David Turnbull. So yeah, it was just a pure bit. Business one wasn't it? his contract up in the summer would have got a bit yeah. of a fee for him probably wasn't going to start a lot of games I think that was probably just a business one yeah, yeah I know that but like coming off the bench and maybe putting in three four goals it might be a difference I don't know hopefully not it does hopefully it not. does but at the end of the day Celtic's a business and they keep telling us that it's all about money and that's how they've still got <laughs> that's how they've got hundred million in the bank <laughs> and that's how if Rogers does this shit they're not going to they're not going to get rid of him because he's got two years left in his contract because that's money. It's a tough ride if we don't win this league. I don't think the fans are going to turn up to watch that football all the time. That's the problem. That's the thing, I know. The the answer to that, Paul, is there's 10,000 in the wait list. Are they going to buy the tickets, though? I mean, I I don't... I hear that argument, but... They just take them for granted. Like, it's like, it's freezing. It's Wednesday night. They're They're in Easter Road. They're singing all the time. I just take it for granted. Well, you're right. Ten thousand waiting list, right? Fine, but yeah, come on. I think I was a bit more. Anyway, so we will see. We will watch, and fingers crossed. I won't take a heart attack because of my McDonald's. <laughs> and uh, I, I was surprised at you tonight, Hendo. I thought you were going to be different tonight, but you're, I think I'm, I'm surprised. And, and uh, yeah, we're all sort of. It's been a it's been a tough old watch at home this season, so it's, <laughs> I've just I've maybe not had a chance to get it out the last couple of months, so yeah. it all uh, all spilled out tonight. But um, come on, Rogers, you can do this. Just give us one seat. Give us three or four months, then you can go back and learn Spain, learn Spanish, and just do no, it. He has to us... do it. He has to. I mean, he's finished. Never mind finish with us. I mean, he's he's finished if he doesn't. Doesn't win the league this season, Lass. Oh. You know him as a him as an entity is is done. So for his own sake, he needs to sort it out. Never mind all us fans who will, you know, ultimately it'll be dubbed a collapse from from yep. being that far ahead so yeah, early yeah, on in the season. That's definitely right. a collapse, isn't it? Sorry, you been a collapse. Let's be honest. So you know he has to sort it out. He has to get it back on track. I mean, ultimately. The, the lead's been eaten away, but we're still top. We're still yeah. by some miracle. We're even top on goal difference, even though it was reported that Rangers had returned to the top of the league. When I looked at the table, they were still second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we're still there. It's not like we're now six points behind or something. We're still there. It's still on our hands. And uh, yeah, he just needs to, to sort it out and get us playing That's a bit better so that we've got a bit more, a bit more confidence in the next... Couple of months. Do we all need to watch it though? I eh? can't just 